0: Smarties, today we are talking again about the idea of minimum viable product, specifically when it comes to writing and project management. We also chat about keeping the ultimate goal in mind while scaffolding the achievement for our learners in a specific way. We also further explore the idea of productive struggle again, and how that idea is an important component of making progress. If you or your learner are in interested in this idea of minimum viable product, go ahead and reach out to us and sign up for a phone call. We love it when we get to talk to our smarties on these phone calls. And the best way to do that is by signing up on our website. So my practice is CAP educational therapy group and our website is www.capedtherapy.com. Steph's practice is my ed therapist and sign up for a phone call on her website, www.myedtherapist.com. Let's dig it. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast.
1: Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 285 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Kopp. And today we are talking about writing again. Always. (laughs) (laughs) Always, never, not talking about writing. This episode, I think we've both been feeling because writing is hard and we wanted to talk about why we need to make sure that we're encouraging the minimum viable product.
0: We want to share that
1: we first talked about this idea way back in the day
0: probably years ago, Mm -hmm. definitely years ago, Mm -hmm. in episode 89. So we'll go ahead and link episode 89 in the show notes. There are trends that we see in the practice, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like There are conversations that you're like, Rach, I'm talking a lot about this. Are you talking about this? And usually, so there's something happening in the zeitgeist about certain ideas and certain topics. And we're both spending quite a bit of time talking about this idea of minimum viable product when it comes to writing. So the idea is a minimum viable product, just in case that's a term you haven't heard before. It's really an idea for business, but we apply it in the educational therapy setting. And it's the idea that you only need to focus on the essential components in order to launch something. So it's actually very much the opposite of perfectionism Mm -hmm. because we're just doing the minimum and then we're testing it sort of if you're like launching a product for example you're testing it for viability so how do we use this idea in educational therapy Steph? how do you talk about it with your clients
1: so let's talk about the ones that have some perfectionism that don't want to start because they don't know what to say or how to say it this is a big theme right Students don't do assignments because they don't want to get it wrong or they don't know what to say. And so really what we're talking about is getting something on the paper. Mm -hmm. And the minimum viable product can look different at ages and different abilities and stages. So for some kids, that might be writing their name, Mm -hmm. maybe having a title if that's something that has to happen. It's really looking at and meeting them where they're at.
0: And almost at the bare minimum Uh of where they're at. And having that be the goal, having that be how we define
1: success, right? Right, exactly. And so it might be looking at just getting some thoughts down on a piece of paper. And it might not look super polished. It might just be jotting down ideas. And that's what we're starting with. That's why I say it really depends on the student, on the age, on the all the different things. But if we're taking it with a student that's really impacted in writing, mm-hmm. we're taking that student and doing some sort of graphic organizer, doing an outline, getting something on the paper. And I have had students turn that in because that is a win. Yep. Because the alternative often... It's turning in nothing. Turning in nothing. Yeah. This episode is just to remind everybody that you can't go from A to Z overnight. And so there's going to be those steps. We're looking at the bottom of the staircase. And what step are they on? Now, does that mean that, yes, they can write essays that maybe don't even ever say anything? There's just a lot of words. Yeah. I've got some of those. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, they're really choppy and their grammar and their sentence structure is not great, but they do have the ideas. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So it's really about what process works for the learner and being able to produce something as opposed to nothing. So I've shared this story on the podcast before I'll share it again.
0: When I was writing my senior honors thesis I had picked a topic that was super interesting to me, but I was not interested in all the mini deadlines along the way. It was completely scaffolded, and I was just turning something into GSD. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Get stuff done. Get stuff done.
0: (laughs) And just like submit the assignment because I wanted to meet at least those bare minimum expectations.
1: Is this in college? Yeah. Because you did a very similar situation in graduate school, (laughs) by the way. I I did. It's a thousand percent. Yeah. Because the way
0: I work is I will meet your along the way expectations. But I really do prefer to just, like, sit down and bust it all out. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way that I know I work best. Of course, that scaffolding does at least, like, trigger this is what I'm going to be writing about when I finally decide that I'm going to do it. And so I remember I turned it in, and I'm pretty sure that our professor for grad school had the same sort of reaction to me. But I vividly remember my professor for my thesis project, which have I ever told you what my thesis was on? Mm -mm. I was writing about assisted reproductive technologies in Italy. Okay. I know because I had studied abroad in Italy. And while I was there, I realized that assisted reproductive technologies, like which includes IVF, surrogacy, all those types of things were extremely restricted in italy yet abortion was legal Mm -hmm. and so there's a really interesting story about how this like sort of came to be and then the impact of it which is that in europe i mean it's been a while since i wrote my thesis but in europe there's something called uh reproductive travel and so people would travel to get access to things because it's either cheaper or more accessible in another country. Anyway, so it was a really interesting topic to me and I finally submitted my draft and my goal was to get the draft submitted before spring break, which was early. And I submitted the draft and the professor emailed me back <laughs> was like, "We have to talk." And I go in and she's like, "Rachel, I've been reading your writing all year." And I am floored by your writing in this. Why haven't you been doing that all along? And I was like, oh, just because it's the way I work. Like, I know I'm not going to do my best job until I sit down and I'm ready to do my best job. But I'm an excellent writer. I just wasn't interested in your little (laughs) along the way assignments, which made her laugh. She's like, I've never had a student do this before I'm like I'm a great writer I knew that then yeah and yes the little along the way assignments helped but not that much yeah it helped me with my thinking and my pre-thinking but I waited until like the end to make it all coalesce and come together so it was being comfortable and also the structure of it was I was getting one grade at the end of it and it was going to be based off the final paper that I produced so This is just the idea that for the kids who do need that scaffolding, Mm -hmm. we have to adopt this idea that we are just trying to push them a little bit in their zone of productive struggle. And the idea of productive struggle is something we've talked about a lot on the podcast. We'll link some previous episodes on it as well. But we want to keep them within that zone of like, it feels difficult, but manageable. And that's where we want our students to be, because oftentimes, especially when you're looking at a writing assignment, it feels difficult, but insurmountable. And that's when they shut down. So we have done extensive episodes in the writing series, really examining how to write from multiple different angles. And this is just a reminder to our audience about... Let us be the ones that define success, Mm -hmm. be in partnership and in collaboration with the classroom teacher, if you're able to, Uh and help our learners sort of stay in that zone of productive struggle so they can at least turn something in, even if it is not perfect.
1: Agreed. And I just want to add mm -hmm, my first graduate degree, the school that I chose, the program that I chose specifically did not have a thesis (laughs) because no part of me wanted to write a thesis. That's my nightmare, right? Getting board certified. That was hard, hard. hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, what's funny is I wanted to be a history major in college, Uh but they had a mandatory thesis. And as a freshman, I'm like, I don't want to write a thesis. Mm -hmm. And then of course, by the time I was a fourth year, in my sociology degree, I, I wound up writing a thesis. <laughs> so just goes to show.
1: Just goes to show. Yes. But take that into account. If there's schools or classes that that is heavy, maybe don't take that class. And that's not your jam. No. It was interesting. I was working
0: with an adult client, staff. we were talking about you. Oh, really? Do I ever come up in your sessions? Yeah. Okay. You'll come up in my sessions, too. And I was going to be hurt if you were like, no. yeah, yeah, That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But I was talking to her about she needs to see the end mm-hmm. uh-huh. in mine. And I said, you know, it's so funny because every – assignment that Steph and I ever had. Steph was just like I just need to see how you structured it. Uh-huh. I just need to see the an example and then I'll be able to meet expectations. And she's like, yes, I totally relate to that. I said, I know. I don't need the example. I'll just go, which is so my personality. Like I never thought about that. But like I'm just like a get it done quick idea person, and you're much more intentional and thoughtful about stuff.
1: Yes. But also, there's the difference of like the podcast, right? Like, right, you don't know how the actual thing gets up or what it actually (laughs) the process, right? I'm very much like I need to understand
0: you're in the weeds of things. And I don't care. I don't care at all.
1: Yeah. And I need to know how to do it in order to make it happen, which is also like, You know, remember, I like taught myself how to build a website on WordPress and you used Wix Mm -hmm. like because it was already (laughs) done. So that's just examples. But I used to really appreciate when I was younger, when the teacher would hold up examples from previous years. Mm. I never looked. You just like could pave your way. I wanted to pave my way within the bounds, the boundaries or the understanding of what to start with and then make it my own. And I'm still like that today. It's very much personality stuff.
0: Uh, you know, it's interesting. Even when like they were writing like our college essays, which we did in a class, like that was part of our class was like writing it. Cause I was in a college prep school, middle school and high school. And they would give examples of good college essays. I would find it distracting. I felt like would take away from what I was organically going to do. It would cloud it. It would cloud it. Yeah. It's so interesting that we've said this so many times in 285 episodes that you and I found each other, both the timing of when we found each other, Mm -hmm. our individual skill sets. Mm Mm-hmm how they complement each other. I was in a meeting. This is what Steph was referencing about the podcast. I was in a meeting and it's not like what I lead with that. I have a podcast. So people find out about it. It's great because there's always follow-up questions that frankly, I don't know the answers to. <laughs> so like somebody, I was like at a mom's night out and she's like, so how do you record it? And I said, I don't know. Steph told me which microphone and headset to get. Although I was really in the weeds with you at that point about like figuring... Well, because you were
1: very concerned about colors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we write, we record and then do not ask me what happens at that point. I've never seen the back end uh-huh. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how it gets from Pierce, our editor, like to somebody's phone. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> And in five years of podcasting, I have never asked you
1: to show me. No, absolutely. You take one second and then no part of you would enjoy looking at that.
0: <laughs> this is why when we talk about finding the right fit at therapist mm-hmm. is because you want somebody who compliments. You want somebody who compliments understands, supports. Yes. And particularly when you're embarking on a big executive functioning skills project like this podcast is. Yes. You You want somebody who can sort of fill in the gaps for you. This episode is taken a different direction, but...
1: Yeah, but that's okay. It's okay. Because it's all relevant.
0: It is because it's about knowing your lane and achieving well within that and then pushing
1: a little bit beyond that. So for adults, because we do work with adults, Mm -hmm. if you're having this struggle at, if you went back to school, you're having it at work. Finding a new job. Or you have kids that don't fall far from your tree. (laughs) <laughs> this is knowing all of those things and helping them. Yeah.
0: As an employer too, I think thinking of these ideas of slotting people in at their abilities and then pushing them a little bit beyond that is really an important idea in business as well.
1: Absolutely. But also that's why we have teams, right? Like I am not the one that wants to teach reading anymore. Right. And there are people on my team that that's all they want to do and brings them so much joy. That's so funny. I was just talking to somebody and she's like, so you work on executive functioning
0: skills and what does Steph do? I'm like, Steph does all the things, but she really doesn't want to be doing reading anymore. But that's okay because she has people on her team that love it. I have people on my team that love it too. It's just not for
1: me. No, it's not for me either, but that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway.
0: All right. So what's your big takeaway, Steph, with this idea of minimum viable product?
1: Where are we at? Where are the kids at? Where do we want to get them to? And that's not going to be tomorrow. So scaffolding that, taking steps towards if we're saying that the minimum viable product is, you know, getting a 50% of what is required on the paper. Sure. That's where we start. We'll eventually get there. Yep. With that, have a great week, Smarties. (laughs) Have a great week, Smarties.